Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The first thing I want to talk about is based on today's show. We were talking about, of course, the more serious notes, the mother and baby homes over the last three days. And this raised the question online, and we raised it today as to the separation of church and state. We talked about the Angelus. And that brought us now into a wider conversation about not just the Angelus, but everything. And is it time for a complete separation of church and state? Now, there are pros and cons to a separation of church and state, and the pros and cons of separation of church and state are relatively a new concept to consider in the scope of humanity's history. Even during the Middle Ages, for example, most rulers governed under the idea that they had a divine right to do so. The Pope even claimed the right uh, to depose European kings. But there are many things to consider when we talk about separating your uh, church and state. You've got schools. You've got the ethos and education in schools. You've got baptism, which is automatic and nearly a tradition in this country. Weddings. If you're going to separate church and state, I suppose, well, you don't have to get married in a, in a, a church in this country anyway. And certainly that's becoming less popular. Communions and confirmation in schools will have to stop. And the protection of religion under the Constitution would have to go away. Now, there would be protection, of course, under the equality laws. Um, religion is protected but under that. But you would have to take it out of the Constitution. The very idea in the Constitution that we do everything for God, because God and Jesus are mentioned quite often in the Constitution, would have to be removed. And there are pros. The pros is it takes the church out of the role of governing a country. So no laws are made around the morals of religious teachings. It stops the government and the church from influencing families. We've seen that during the mother and baby homes. And obviously, you know, it stops them influencing people and what education they might send them to. Um, without separation of church and state, schools could indoctrinate children in a national religion, which they do in this country, and families will be able to do little to stop it. Whereas if you separate, well, then they can't do that anymore. You can't teach religion in schools. And separation encourages discussion because sometimes discussion is halted because of religion because you can't say certain things which might upset certain religions and certain people. Now, of course, everybody's going to say to me tonight today, Ah, Noel, why aren't you talking about the bleeding Muslims? Ha, ha! Because this is not a Muslim country. This is not an Islamic state. This is a Christian state. There are Muslims living here, but it is a Christian state. Now, I suppose the disadvantages to separating church and state would be that governments uh, can take advantage of the separation. Not having a church involved in lawmaking, in the process of lawmaking, can be a strong negative for a lot of people. And we saw that during, I suppose, the abortion referendum, uh, where we had a definite separation, because the state promoted the yes vote. And the only people that probably voted no, or many of the people that voted no, would have been people who were, I suppose, governed by the church. Churches can take advantage of the separation. Uh, churches can also take advantage of separation between them and the state. They can encourage their members to not support the government, for example, or to rebe rebe rebel against it. For example, we had that last week with the sketch on RTE, and we had a priest come on the air and told everyone not to pay the television license. So there can be advantages and disadvantages to separating church and state. But is it time that we got rid of the church from everything to do with the state? Yes, I'm not suggesting getting rid of religion, by the way. Of course, you can practice your religion. You're quite free to do that. Everybody's free and has liberty to do that. But is it time we took it out of any state involvement whatsoever, out of the schools, out of everything, out of the hospitals? Of course, it made the hospitals still have, have a Catholic ethos. Is it time we got separated the church and state completely? Let me know what you think. The number is 0871880008. We stop teaching religion in schools. We stop having communions and confirmations in schools. We stop this automatic idea of baptism. 
Um, we take away the protection in the constitution of God. We stop calling hospitals after saints and having a Catholic ethos in hospitals. Is it time we did that? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Anya. Yes. Hi, how are you? Not very good. Happy New Year. And how can you say Happy New Year? Well, it's not really that happy, I know. It's going to be tough, I'll tell you. Yeah, I know, but still, you know, you have to make the best of it, I suppose, aren't you? Yeah, but I... you're always moaning about something anyway. Ah, but that's my job. Not you, everybody. Who? Oh, me. We're all moaning. Everybody moaning and moaning. I know, but things, yeah, but it's not a happy time, is it, in humanity yeah, and history? Yeah, but just could have just get on with it and finish sometime, you know? Ah, it will. Have finish. a bit of patience. <laughs> patience is a virtue. <laughs> patience is a virtue, Anya. It is. Uh, are you having a good, are you okay, Anya? How, how was your Christmas and how was your New Year? Was it I'm okay? on my own. Okay. I look at television what do you watch? What do you to, watch? What's your favourite programme? Yeah, well, you see, get rid of the smut on television instead of getting rid of the Angelus. Oh. I turn over. At least you can turn over. Yeah. I love to go on a holiday, especially to Tuscany. Okay. But I haven't got the money. Oh. And I have no social life. Ah, oh, Anya. Yeah. Where's all the money gone? What money? But, I mean, I don't know. What age are you, Anya? You should never ask a woman. I know I shouldn't, but are you over 65? No. You're under 65? Yeah. Okay, and I'm assuming you get money. Do you work? No, I live at home and I don't work. Okay. Well, I do. I work on home. I'm retired. Okay, you're retired. Okay. And when you say you have no money, but you're you're putting a few quid by every week that you might get from the state or whatever. No, but I cannot cannot really go, you know. It all goes, yeah, you don't have anything left really after. No, because... You get a tradesman to do something and they rip you off, you no, know. No, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> right. Particularly when you're living on your own, you've paid for I everything think yourself. I am not a nutcase, even <laughs> though I'm living on my own. I know, I think you're a bit mad, but you're fun. I like you, Anya. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And Anya, what, what do you watch on television when you're watching television? Uh, I watch uh, Tipping Points and Judge Judy. I like Judge Judy. I love Judge Judy. Yeah, she's very honest, very yeah. open. Yeah, yeah, I like her. She's brilliant. Yeah, and who else do you watch? And uh, Witness see what... Uh, uh, oh, T.G. Carr. Oh, do you speak Irish? Because you've got all the documentaries. Apart from the cowboy pictures, you know. You've oh, got yeah. documentaries and everything else, you know. Yeah. And, it's and good. Do you have, like, Discovery... Do you have Sky TV, like, with Discovery no. Channel? No, no, you don't have any of that. No. Oh, you should get That's some good stuff on that. Oh, you get a lot of rubbish, though. What are you on, Sorview, is it, or Serview, or what do you call it? Serview, yeah. Yes, yeah, so... Serview, um, or Serview, Serview. Serview, yeah. Yeah. Is, is Serview free with it? Is that free, Serview? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. That's handy. So you just pay a television license every year? Yeah. And do you pay it? So, like, they talk about paying the television license to get rid of the Angeles, but there's a lot of stuff on there that I don't watch. And still, you still have to pay your license. And would you watch a good thriller now, a good no, action movie? I don't like fiction at all. Do you like violence on television? Oh, no. A good, like a good war movie? Oh, no. What about Love, Hate or something? Gangland? Oh, that's cruel. No, it's cruel. I okay. looking at that. Oh, right, okay. Jeez. Okay, we're getting back to the actual topic. Sorry, Anya, because obviously you being a religious person and, and a Christian, a good Christian too, by the way, by the sounds of things, is a time that we separated the church and state. Nobody's saying you can't practice religion anymore, but that the state doesn't get involved. In other words, we don't have a religious ethos in hospitals or schools, or we don't teach children religion in schools. They learn it at home from their mum and dads instead. Uh, we take God's name out of the Constitution. It's a time we, we kind of separated the church from the state completely. 
but for the reason of teaching religion in schools, is it? Yeah, but well, but, but if you want to focus on that aspect of it, in other words, let's talk about education. So there'll be no religion classes in school. No, ca- no ca- like, catechisms. Uh, what, what, those teachers are probably not believers at all. Well, some so what them, are they teaching then? Well, they, they teach the story of Holy God mm. and Jesus, I suppose, don't they? Well, they teach very little. Yeah, but they're still teaching us. Ah, but so what's wrong with that? Well, some people might want us. Yeah, but there's a lot of things we don't want. We have to just do with it, isn't that it? Mm. Mm? Well, we all have choices in life, don't we? we or taken down... Or, or taking down saints' names out of the place. Yeah. You shouldn't... What's wrong with that? Like St. Peter's or St. Vincent's Hospital, for example. Yeah. Would, it would be changed. Yeah, but why change everything? But because, because the reason is, right, for years in Ireland, we, the Catholic Church, of course, not as much now, um, they kind of ruled with the iron fist, so to speak. And when you had, say, a hospital under a Catholic ethos, now, I'm not going to get into the abortion debate tonight, right, because I know how you feel about that, Anya, but the Catholic ethos would think very differently about how we might treat somebody to the way the state laws would would think about it and the way certain, maybe, the morals of different other people who were atheists or weren't religious would think about it. Like, there was always this suggestion in a Catholic hospital years ago during childbirth that the child's life came first before the mother's. Whereas, you know, an atheist would believe the mother's life comes first before the child. Maybe that was the suggestion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So religion can influence people. And it can Not influence, really. it can influence healthcare. It can influence... They're turning away from it. Well, they are turning away from it, of course. Yeah. But they, it That's can it. also influence people, you know, in school. I mean, we indoctrinate children in school into religion. So you indoctrinate uh, your children to be at these too. But no, but I teach my children. You know, when I well, my children aren't young anymore. They're they're old now. They're all over twenty. Well, yeah, but they're, they're the like you. They're atheists, I'd say. Well, they. Well, I, I don't know whether they're atheists. Well, they are probably. Yeah, they are probably. Yeah, yeah. you see, but if if you if you were a, a Christian or well, I, I don't know too much about other Christians. You know, they wouldn't be. They'd be the same as you then. But when you say a Christian, I always believed. You know, being a Christian. Means your your behaviour was that of a Christian, a good person. Doesn't necessarily no. mean you have to follow God, does it? There's ten commandments, mm. and if you go on the ten commandments, forget about the the Old Testament, the New Testament. If you keep on the ten commandments, you can't go wrong. Or then, if you you know, if you if you you know, uh, but you don't necessarily thing. need the ten commandments. The ten commandments are covered under the law anyway. And They're even not. but even before Moses, you know, the the lightning hit the tablets, and Moses had the ten commandments. Before that, I mean, uh, yeah, people, knew, people knew it was wrong. It was always wrong to murder somebody or to kill somebody yeah, or to rob from won. somebody or first, to nick his missus. First, I am the Lord, the God, thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Yeah. And taking God's name, the blasphemy yeah. is still there. Yeah, but the first, the first three, give me the first three commandments. They're all a bit selfish, aren't they? What's the first three? Don't take a... Okay, I'll get them up here because I don't remember them. Take God's name in vain. Okay, so that's a little bit selfish. Okay, in other words, don't slag it's me not off. selfish. Well, it is. You don't want, he you, doesn't you want you to slag him you off. You wouldn't like now somebody to say something personal about you. Well, not personal, no. Just because but it, God is not Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if everybody... Like, for example, when, I'm, when I do something wrong here, I go, Jesus. Oh, right? Okay, I wouldn't mind if people around the country did something wrong and they went, Nile. <laughs> that wouldn't bother me on you. It's good PR. You see... You see People, I, you would say that they're more educated now. Yeah. I think it's less because, you know, they think God and, and, and priests and nuns are completely different, you know. 
And, and then, okay, what's the second commandment? Some of the false gods. What's, it, what's the second commandment? Thou shalt have to take the name of God in vain. Oops. And third honour your father and your mother. Well, I'd agree with that, but I, yeah, yeah, well, that everybody should. You but don't that, put them in a home. Yeah, but hang on. Before Moses came along, people respected their mother and father anyway. That was a done thing. We should always yeah, respect our mother and father. It. I'm going by the Ten Commandments, and mm. that's what I go by. Yeah, you and know? don't follow false gods. Because but you, we do that anyway. Too much, you know, you. Sure, look, it's only Holahan's a bit of a false god at the moment, isn't he? I mean, so... Ah, yeah, but look, you said there's no god. What? And yet you're not believing the scientists. I don't, be- I don't believe everything scientists say. Well, then I... Another thing you said at least four or five times, they're looking down. Who? You, you said somebody, you were sympathising with somebody, and you said they're looking down. But if they, where are they looking down from? You don't believe in God. No, but it's just, no, I know, I, and you're right, Anya, and I, I would say that somebody, if they're talking about, for example, you know, their daughter or son dying, or their husband or father, and I'm sympathising and empathising with them, of course I might say to them, I will look, sure they're looking down on you now. But that doesn't mean I have to believe in God, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being polite to people, and being uh, nice you know, to people. You can be polite without saying they're looking down. No, but I, no, but it, that's just the way I was raised oh, and brought you know up what, to Nile, be polite. Nile, you would make a great politician, but I don't. <laughs> 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 okay, so Anya, you don't believe in separating the and church and state. And you're an author as well. I know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, okay, so Anya, you don't believe in separating the church and state. You think we should still learn religion in schools and everything else, yeah? Yeah. I mean, okay, well, but no, hang on. No, I, I respect that. Stay there for a second. Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Paul? How you doing, Noel? Very yeah. well, thank you. Yeah, yourself. well, he's looking down on you now if you say anything wrong, Paul. Go well, on. he is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, uh, do you believe it should be separated? I do. I do. I never believed that the, the church and state should have been... Um, the church should never rule over the state. It was never intended for that. I mean, mm. when Jesus came into this world, he didn't intend to make a kingdom in this world at the time he came. I mean, that'll come later. But he came into this world to bring the kingdom of God into the world, but not for the world to be... Because this world is not ruled by God at the moment. But the so church... We, the, well, not so much now, although other religions do have great influence. The Catholic the, Church doesn't have the same influence now it would have had 30, 40 years ago. No, of course. And that's because of, of the... In the fantastic shows you've, you've run over the past few days, and that and those poor women and children that suffer, including yourself and your own family, um, that's that's the reason for that. I mean, because they they are not Christian, as far as I'm concerned, they, 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 not the people, not the ordinary Joe Soap, mm-hmm. but the hierarchy and those who who were uh, supposedly um, in charge leaders. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no Christianity in a lot of them. But was it not just the ethos as well? I mean. He, I, and somebody mentioned this today, I think it was a guy called Jude said to me, but the majority of people in the church are good people, and, and I'm sure they are, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's only a minority, a handful of priests that are paedophiles, a handful of priests that are abusers, a handful of nuns that were abusers. Well, yeah. quite a lot of them, I think, the nuns that seem to be in, in those particular okay. banks laundries and homes. But in saying that, it is a handful of people in the overall amount of clergy around the world. But mm-hmm. in saying that, it's not them per se, it's the ethos. In other words, if you're telling people as part of your teachings, that it's wrong to be pregnant out of wedlock, or if you're telling people as part of your ethos uh, that it's wrong to have an abortion. Uh, and yeah. it doesn't matter whether you agree with it or don't agree with it. You know, like I personally have said this before, and I'm up behind the door about saying it. I couldn't obviously say it during the referendum. I don't agree with abortion, mm-hmm. but I would never judge somebody else for doing it. I don't yeah. agree with it. Personally, it wouldn't be for me, and I would probably wouldn't sanction it at all if I was in a relationship, but... If somebody else or a friend of mine decided to have an abortion and said to me, came to me and said, Niall, oh, I had an abortion, I would never judge them for it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, but the church did influence people to judge people. 
So the yeah. eth- it's the ethos. It's not the teachers. It was the ethos. That's in the Bible, for God's sake. Oh, absolutely. But that's, you see, that's, that's the thing. It's not, I mean, those teachings are not coming from the Roman Catholic Church, no more than any other Christian religion out there. That's coming from God himself. This is God's law, mm. God's rules, and God's command. And that's eternal. There's no getting away from it. No, it's that. not going to change. You can't, you, well, you can interpret it a little bit different as time moves on, I suppose. Well, you, you can't. I mean, no, thou shalt not murder. You shall not kill means you shall not kill. And mm. actually, it doesn't. It actually, the word isn't even kill, it's murder. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's war. Well, I mean, but certainly when it comes to murder, you can't interpret that any other way. I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. But, but been, for example, the, the big one in the last few years there was the referendum on um, gay marriage or marriage equality. Yeah. Now, of course, everybody quoted the Bible at the time man should mm. not lie with mankind. But I suppose there was other people had different interpretations of the way that was written. And they talked about the book of Numbers and the fact that Jesus, you know, had gone to a cave with a young man or whatever else. And they started coming up with all sorts of carry on and talk. And there was different interpretations about, you know, even people had suggested that I'm sure. How do we know Jesus wasn't gay? We don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he isn't. We but we do don't know. we don't know. We do. Because well, I mean, he, was, well, he was never in a relationship. Obviously, no. And obviously, what if he, he was the son of God. He came with a mission and the mission was to die. Absolutely. And by the way, I don't mean, I'm not trying to insult people, right? I'm just, no, I'm, no, I'm asking a question. I'm making a statement. I'm asking a question. I so the point is that we can interpret things differently as time moves on, can't we? And as we, fe- as we feel differently in society. Well, no, we can't because some things are set in stone and there's no change going away from that. I mean, I've heard a number of people and I have people in my own family who are homosexual mm-hmm. and uh, I love them to bits. I have no, I won't, I will never judge them. I can't accept uh, them being in a relationship with another man or another woman. I can't do that because that's against God's law. Because and I know, what the end, yep. I know what the end result is going to be for them. And that's how the law. And by the way, I don't believe you should be judged for not accepting that. That's your belief and that's fine. And I respect that, Paul. By the way, yeah. and I've often said this in the air, I respect you and I respect your belief in God and your belief in Jesus Christ, but mm-hmm. I don't have to respect your religion. No, absolutely, uh, totally, and absolutely. Uh, that's that's the, that's the freedom of choice we have, and that's the mm. freedom of choice that. Okay, so on the, on those grounds, why are we still in a situation where we're indoctrinating children uh, into religion in schools? Uh, we're indoctrinating. Well, when I say we're indoctrinating, our our hospitals still to this day are influenced somewhat, not as much as they would have been by religion. Many of our hospitals are still quite religious. They're religious ethoses anyway, uh, and our laws are influenced by religion. Should we, God is in our constitution and Jesus Christ is in our constitution. Is it well, time that was all taken away? Yeah. Every other, well, in one sense, yes. I don't, as I said, I don't agree with George's state ever having mixed. They should never, it should never have been the case. And it was only the case because in the uh, late, uh, well, let's see, sorry, early 4th century that Roman Catholicism brought that on board. That was never the idea from, from, from day one when Jesus walked there. It was 400 years after that when Rome adopted Christianity. I'm going to say adopted it Constantine is said to have became a Christian, as wife Helena became a Christian, but I'm not too sure about whether that's the case or not. Well, I mentioned at the start of the show there, even in the Middle Ages, most rulers governed under the idea that they had a divine right to do so. Even the Pope, he claimed, uh, the right to depose European kings. So so they, they felt they had this right from God, given to them from God. Yeah, but but you have to understand the whole uh, the history of, of how that came about, and that was because the... Emperor of Rome, which is Constantine at the time, who adopted Christianity into Rome, what he did was he just took all the other religions out of Rome and he says, you know, this is going to be the official religion of Rome. So every other religion became, say, Zeus or Hermes, or they, all the statues and everything else that they had in Rome became God and Jesus and James and Peter and all that kind of stuff. They just, all they did was change the statues to different names. They never really truly became Christian. They just made it an official religion. So the, 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 the ideas and the ideologies of the Roman Empire 
just transferred into a religious element of it. And um, mm-hmm. and they just they just kept the same rules. Uh, and, well, and, let, let me let me just go back to Anya as well. Anya, you listen to Paul. Paul is religious, um, uh, but yet he believes that there's no place for religion in our constitution or in our laws uh, because it does it can influence debate and stifle debate. But what are priests there? For priests are there to teach the gospel. But they can still do and that. And they're not doing it. Well, that's their. Well, that's that's uh, their they're, problem. They're not doing it anymore because they're. Well, there's very few priests. No, but there's very few priests nowadays. That's the problem. Sorry? That there is very few priests. They're nearly all gone. Yeah, well, we know why. Why do you think they're... they want to get married. Well, that that could be... And by the way, you're probably right, aren't you? That's part of it. Because very few men want to be single. And by the way, can I... This idea of celibacy... That was never part of that was never in the Bible or it was, it was never it is in it. No, it no it no, wasn't it no it wasn't. That was that was no. brought in that was man made. That was but brought was, in by the Catholic you know Church. You yep. seem to know an awful lot about the Bible. You're reading it's no, not no, no, the no, 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 no. I don't know much I don't know too much about the Bible. Paul clarify. And for when me. you say man lie, lay with man, Lat- that's not mankind. That's not, yeah. No, that's that's a different Bible. It explained more than that. Well well but let me just get back to this idea of celibacy. Paul, you would know better than I when did the Catholic Church, or if I'm wrong, this is a man-made law by the Catholic Church, uh, that the, the priest couldn't marry, and it was to do with inheritance, wasn't it? It was, absolutely, because the priests were able to marry up until, as far as, as, far as my knowledge is concerned, the 15th century. And it was a Catholic hierarchy in Rome who brought in the idea that once uh, that priest could no longer marry, they had to be celibate in order to be a priest, because the wives and their children were getting the, uh, the houses and any money that they had once they died. But... The Apostle Paul, this is for Anya, I'm just saying that she says, in other words, the Apostle Paul said, to Tim, when he was writing to Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4, he said, in latter days, the thieving spirits shall come, so some shall depart from the faith and listen to the thieving spirits and doctrines of demons, forbidding to marry and forbidding to eat certain meat. So Paul described what, was what the Catholic Church is doing as doctrines of demons, forbidding to marry and forbidding to eat certain meat. And on a Friday, of course, you couldn't eat fish, you had, or you couldn't eat meat, you had to eat fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doctrines of demons, according to the Apostle Paul, on you. So, yeah. So, you know, so on you, th- yeah. there's no place in the Bible that suggests priests can't marry. What Bible are you reading? There's only one Bible. There's a Protestant Bible. No. Cat- no. There is, of course there is. No, no on you, there isn't. They're all the I same was, Bible. Well, I was same. buying the Bible in Eastern. Different, different, different trans- translations. It doesn't matter where you buy it. I know you bought it in Eason's. It's a Protestant <laughs> Bible. There's different Bibles. No, only if you uh, only take your Catholic Bible. I'm assuming this is... Are you, are you talking about the King James Bible? I'm talking about all Bibles. There's loads of, there's loads of translations in the house here. There's okay. loads of Bibles. Loads of translations. But they, yeah, but they are pretty much the all, same. They all say the same thing. Yeah. Only they don't say a, the same thing. They do, on you. If you get a Bible and open a up... A Protestant priest gets no. married. No, yes, Catholic exactly. Catholic priests don't. Yeah, but Catholic priests are supposed to be married. We were made as human beings. I mean, God, Jesus himself said, and this is one thing. The one apostles thing. weren't married. Yes, they were. Peter they weren't. Was married. Peter had a son called Mark. I think you're looking too much in the internet. You're looking at rubbish. Oh, no. yeah, you really. were. And you oh, know, if you're not interested... Okay, well, no, I, I, no, I, I don't, you know, I don't know, I'm not religious, but I, on your saying they weren't, Paul, you said the apostles were married. No. Who was, yes, who was of, married? Well, what, was, what was Peter's wife's name then? It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say what Peter's wife's name yeah, is. Well, if he but he says he has a son. Hey, Peter's son, Mark. Well, what was the name of Our Lady's mother? Our Lady's mother, I don't know. Yeah, well, you seem to know a lot about religion, but you don't know the basics. What's, what's Our Lady's mother's name, by the way? I didn't know that. What the, the Bible never says what our mother's name was. I don't think it does. I never heard that it before. It doesn't, no. It Joachim. Doesn't. What's her name? What was her name on you? On Joachim, you? whatever way you pronounce that. Joachim. 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 Anan. 
A man. And, and, and only you know where we get that inf- that information from. You're speaking for you know where we get that information from. Where the Emperor Constantine's mother, Helena, four hundred years after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection. Well, you, you seem to know a lot, and you still I didn't do. know. I know. I know. Didn't know the well, I, I, I think, with the greatest respect, Anya Paula studied the, more of the theocracy, the whole yeah, theocracy. Delving too much into, you know, and you're... Well, it is, well, it is, you know, I mean, when you're talking about the Bible, it's got, it's one book, and a lot of people look outside that at the history of the world in and around that time. Absolutely. See, if, you, if, you're, if you're a non-believer, you can... Well, Paul is not a non-believer. Ah, uh, well, he's not a proper practicing Catholic. Oh, is he not? Do you go to Mass every <laughs> Sunday? Only I grew up a Catholic. I grew up as a Catholic. We're not a, we're not a proper I one, Paul. <laughs> I went to Mass every Sunday. Do you use God's until, name in vain? Until, until, until I felt... No, actually, no, I don't. Until I found that, that, that what, what the Catholic Church is teaching was not Christianity. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry. I do, I do use God's name in vain regularly uh, on this show. And I, I don't apologise for it. And the reason I won't apologise for it is is because I'm Irish. And I was raised by a mother and a father who use that, those kind of terms all the time when people say, ah, for feck's sake, or Jesus Christ, or whatever, God, or holy God, or whatever it is. And even though I'm atheist, I still use those words because it's part of what I am and part yeah, of who I am. Yeah, you can always change, say something. No, it's too English difficult. People don't too say difficult. as much as the Irish. It's just like, when I say, for God's sake, how am I supposed to change that? I've, I've, been, I've 57 God's years name. of my life saying it. The only I, time you use God's name is if someone is sick and say, I hope to God they get better. Something like that. Or God, God bless them. God bless the work or something. Yeah, well, but, sorry, but hang on, Paul, I'll let you finish what you want to say in a second. I wonder if there's two other people I want to bring in here. Uh, James, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, James? Good, uh, good evening, Janelle. Uh, <laughs> Gee, James. Not a good time to be a Catholic at the moment now. No, no. Under ferocious attack. Mm. Uh, as far as the hospitals are concerned and the ethos there now, uh, the Catholic ethos should remain there because those hospitals are belong to the Catholic Church now. Well, the land is, yeah. All the hospitals were built here in Cork by the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm, they were, as as main, most of the schools were, by the way. The Mercy Hospital, the North Infirmary, South Infirmary, Bonsecours, all built by the Catholic Church now. Mm-hmm. St. Vincent's in Dublin. And just that doesn't, but, but just because they were built by the Catholic Church as the schools were, doesn't mean we have to keep them under church control. Oh, I mean... Jeez, the church owes enough at this stage. Well, the Catholic Church, I mean, they're only talking about this today, how much money this is probably going to cost the state. Again, just like previous reports and previous apologies the state has had to give for Magdalene Laundries, etc., etc. And the church really hasn't divvied up its its fair share of it. Well, I I don't believe that now. Because I'll tell you why. Okay. Only last year, um, a lot of people don't know this, the St. Vincent's Complex in Dublin, St. Vincent Hospice Complex, has been handed over to the state. Lock, stock and barrel. So the maternity hospital will be built on that complex now. There was a bit of, yeah, but there was a bit of trouble at the time. Weren't they handing it over on the grounds that they would still be the ones running it? it and that, two, and it, that was axed then. It's worth 200 million now. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's straight away. The land that the Cork University Hospital was built, which is a state hospital, was built on land donated by the Catholic Church now. So the Catholic Church has donated land that people don't even know yeah, about. But, yeah, but the whole point of that is that the Catholic Church should have never been allowed to own as much land as it did in Ireland. They're the biggest landowners probably in the country. Well, also, they should have never been allowed to hoard that much land, not just here in Ireland, by the way, but all over the world. They're the biggest landowners in the world. When people look back now and they say that Catholic Church had so much influence, it had influence because the people wanted to to have influence. No, because people were told this was the best way to live. Uh, if if the Catholic Church was a political party, it would have had massive support. Oh, it was a very was successful a political party. party. It was a political party. Well, exactly. it, it had massive support now. 
the society wanted them to have influence in society. They had no uh, choice. So what was wrong with that now? Well, Paul, sorry, go ahead. No, they had no choice. They had no choice in it. It was, no it was just, it was just it was James, choice. you know, it was just an extension of the Roman Empire, James. That's all the Catholic Church is. An extension of the Roman Empire. You had a choice in and, and the Pope to go Pope. to Mass or not. Several of my family now who were, uh, did not go to Mass at all because they didn't want to. My brothers didn't go to Mass. <laughs> so we went to Mass. Yeah, but, but, but if, yeah, but James, uh, when I was a child, you know, my father used to send us to Mass every week and we'd have to, when he came home, he'd ask us what the sermon was about and who said the Mass and all that kind of carry on because we were hanging around down the back. You were frowned upon if you didn't go to Mass. Yeah. Most people did go to Mass. Yeah, and, yeah but it, you were you were. I'm not saying you were shunned by society, but you were certainly different if you didn't believe in God. And also, uh, by the way, now you know when you're pointing back to previous generations today's society, you well, have to have your own house very clean now. And if you locked what happened here over the last twelve months, the fault of the government and the fault of the people who put them in power, half the people who've died have been elderly in nursing homes who were. Horrendously neglected now. I'm not. Going, I'm not going to disagree with you. And, and uh, so we have to be very careful when we're pointing back to other generals. Say, "Ah, look how bad you did." This was horrendous. Only the other day in Newcastle and West, eight more have died in the last fortnight in a nursing home. Now mm. they shouldn't be in there. Go- yeah, there was six in Leash in a, a nursing home, and at least six people died the other night as well. So I mean, we, we have to. But be I, would, I would. I would. Hesit- yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, but I would. Pointing back. Now, but with the greatest respect, I, I'm not suggesting the government didn't fail. They did fail, I believe, at the very start initially as well, to look after people who were vulnerable. But I would, and I, 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 I'm conscious of the fact that many people listening uh, would have lost loved ones who were elderly in nursing homes. And there is a thing called mortality displacement. It happens all the time within our population every single year. Some years, for example, April is a busy month for people to die. Other years, May is a busy month. January, maybe there's a bad flu season and people die in January. There's a pop what they call mortality displacement. So, unfortunately for many people, uh, James, their t- their time was up. Oh, yeah. And, and, and maybe COVID took their time a little, maybe a month earlier than it would have they would have normally, or two months earlier, or, or whatever it happens to be. But for a lot of people, they were at end of life. Yes. And I think that's fair to say, James, without being disrespectful. Point, Nile, I might make you Not all of them, obviously. Um, when the Catholic Church was, uh, had the influence back there in your time and, and the, the mother and baby homes, the Catholic Church's philosophy was that every child would have to be born. Today's society decided they have a more humane uh, solution to unwanted pregnancies. That's 6,500 terminated last year now. Is that a more humane solution than what the Catholic Church were trying to do now? Ironically enough, six, uh, ironically enough, 6,666. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a very ironic number for the Church, and to the be large, honest with you. The large amount of society voted for that now. No, 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 I'm, by the way, James, I'm not, I'm not condoning the, fi- the fact that our society voted to legalise abortion. I'm not, I'm, but again, I'm not judging people first because I won't judge people first. Uh, it's not my thing. I don't agree with it. But that's just my moral yeah, belief. I, it's not my religious belief, it's my moral belief. Yeah. I don't think you brought it at all, you said? That's right. That's that right. I, don't, I don't think society did vote for it, Noel. I, I believe that a lot of people didn't bother the Barneys getting up off their asses and getting out to vote. And mm. That's what the problem caused. It was the, major, it was the majority who got it in. If we looked at statistics, how many people actually voted. There's a very lot, low number than the people, the population of Ireland. I think if people had a good up, and I include my own mother and sister and other member families who didn't bother going out to vote against it, who didn't believe in it but didn't go out and do anything about it, they're responsible for this getting in because of the people who wanted it in. The same as the gay marriage. A lot of people didn't get off their asses and go out and vote. 
to stop that as well. Coming well, see, I'm in, I'm in, you have to understand, both of you, I'm in a very difficult position when it comes to referendums. I know that now. Be- because yeah, I don't think you voted at all, you said now. That's right, well, that's what I said at the time, yeah. yeah. And the reason that I have to say that in relation to referendums, or I have to talk about it like that in referendums, is is because I have an obligation under the Broadcasting Regulations of Ireland that when there's a referendum that I can't influence people either way. Oh, yes, and and I, think, I, I think, to be fair, during that referendum, we were probably one of the only stations to give listeners from pro-life and from uh, the, the, the other side as well and, to, and exactly now because the, to give them a chance to speak about it. All about this. John O'Donovan always gave you that praise now. Okay, well, the, and, and that's all I'm just I'm asking you to be fair on me in that relation. Oh, yes, in, in that's, John that you give oh, even, sometimes you even maybe <laughs> pro-life people might get more I think, they, I, I think they probably did actually to be honest with you. <laughs> because, and, and I would defend that by saying um, other stations didn't do it for them. Oh, no, no. So I would defend that and say well they had to be given some sort of uh, platform to, to have their views. But getting back, James, to you know the actual question, there is no doubt that religion is very high on the agenda and certainly in the, in the national conversation at the moment because of the news over the last three or four days. Yes. And, you know, online, the reason we talked about it today briefly when we talked about the Angelus, there are different conversations going on about separation of church and state. When it comes to communions, confirmation, the school ethos, is it time to change it? Well, I, I don't. I don't mind a, sep- a certain amount of separation, and the, the the government must rule now, and that's that's the law. But regarding uh, schools, I still very much like to see Catholic schools now because there are Catholic mothers and fathers still. Who Absolutely, and I, I think there's always room for Catholic schools. Yeah, yes. but but eighty five percent of them. Well, I don't think so. In fairness, the, the Archbishop of Dublin, the outgoing Archbishop, has been in discussion, you probably know that now, mm-hmm. with the government about divesting some of them. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 if it's not feasible to have them purely all Catholic. Yeah, well, it, it, well, mind you, we have a growing population, and in saying that, we should be building more schools anyway, because we have large classroom sizes in this, school, this country anyway. So we should be building more schools either way. How many schools have we got? Is it 3,200 and something? I think all over the whole country we have 3,200 and something schools. We probably need a few more now at this stage, because it hasn't grown that much, considering the population has grown quite substantially over the last 20 years. But the idea, James, that we don't have communion, confirmation, and we don't teach religion, well, apart from, apart from in history class, obviously we talk we talk about you know religion and different religions. Obviously, all religions. Mm. I think, but that's the way they do it in America. I mean, in America, for example, you don't teach about one specific religion in school. You teach the history of all religions, and you don't have one particular ethos in public schools. Now, in private schools, you can have that in America. You can have pri- private Catholic schools. Well, as I said, now I would still like uh, as much representation for the Catholic uh, ethos as, as possible. Yes, I can't be greedy and I'll expect that we dominate everything, but uh, naturally, uh, as a Catholic, I would still want children to be exposed to it, mm. even if there have to be uh, other religions mentioned. Yes, why not? Okay, we'll stay, we'll stay there for a second. I want to bring John in as well. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? How are you doing now? Good. John, keep the conversation civilised, all right? It's been civilised up to I'll now. I'll keep it civilised <laughs> at this point, and I have to ask you and your listeners one question. Yeah. And then uh, the other chap has already raised, uh, has already um, raised the question there. Yeah. And here's the question I want you to listen. Today you have been bashing the Catholic Church inside oh, out. There we go again. No, no, no. No, you have been. Yeah, you see, John, you don't come on to debate. You come on to have a go hang with on, me every hang time. Hang on, hang on, hang on, It's on. in the news, John. It's hang in on, the news, hang on, John. Noel, hang on, let me finish now. You'd love it if we just never talked about hang the Catholic on, Church at me, all. Let me finish now. Go on. I didn't bash yeah. any church. I was very fair and we had a fair no, debate. you didn't. You didn't. Now, the fact is, now, this is for your listeners as well. 
You're talking about the abuse of the mother and baby homes and the Catholic Church. That was your whole topic today. No, it wasn't. We were talking about the Angelus today. Yeah, more or less it's the same thing because you had people coming on bashing the church and saying this, this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Now, the other chap there has alluded to this point. How many people voted for abortion in this country? How many people tonight... 67%. 67% of those voted. And and that's the abuse of the unborn child. How many people... uh, um, and And that's the government. That's not the Catholic Church. How many people in this country who are so called out there righteous people tonight and bashing the Catholic Church actually voted for abortion in this country? 66%. 67%, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's one third who didn't. And the 66% out there going, oh, the Catholic Church is this and the Catholic Church is that. Yeah, but we, we actually voted in the abuse of the unborn child through abortion. Now, you tell me who's wrong here. The Catholic Church didn't do it. The people did it, and the government did it. And again, the government are hiding behind uh, letting the Catholic Church take the blame. You have the people who... Well, now, now when, you, when you say letting the Catholic Church take the blame, the Catholic Church were responsible. I, I, no, I am no. not... Hang on a second. Yeah, go on. I'm not going to get into an abortion debate per se tonight. No, no, and, no, I, and, no. I'm not, and John, I'm not going to completely disagree with the point that you're making. I understand. I do understand the context it's that you're saying it in. Nile. Okay, okay, you know. okay. But what I am going to say is you cannot deny that the Catholic Church's involvement in the way this country was run up to probably about 20 years ago, certainly anyway, and the way they dominated this country and society was well, wrong. The other day, the Catholic Church... Just like, just like what you're suggesting me, now, Niall, that the government Niall, are wrong. Michael Martin got up to you today in a statement and said that the government and the Catholic Church are responsible for the mother and baby home. Yes. Now... If the government wanted to take blame for the mother and baby homes, then they should have left it to themselves. And what about the parents of these women who were put into these homes? That should have been included as well. It, it was. Wasn't. Hang on, with the greatest respect. It wasn't. It was, in, if you read the report, yes, it was. Really? It talked about the fact that the parents drove these mothers or brought these mothers to the homes and they said, it, according to the report, they were enforced to be brought there. But the point was made quite clearly that this was a societal I issue. Paid for them. Well, hang on. It was a societal. The parents didn't get paid. The you homes got. The homes got paid. On today, you said that your, no, the pa- hang your on parents that. got something for you being put into one of them homes. No, 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 my no. I'm not. I'm not. going to say that that was not a horrible thing to happen to. No, my parents. As I said, my parents donated, donated. to St Patrick's Home to basically purchase me. To yeah, purchase yeah. Essentially, that, well, it's it's yeah. called a donation. It was a nice way to say there's a charge, a fee. Right, but the point now. The point I'm trying to make is in relation to those parents. Person, yeah, let me finish. What I'm saying. Biological parents. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Sorry, no, go on. Go on. Okay, in relation to those parents who drove those young women, um, you know, an 18 year olds or 15 year olds or 16 year olds, whatever it was, to Dunboyne or St Patrick's or yeah. Vesper or whatever it happened to be, those parents felt they had to do that because that was the world we lived in, which was dominated by the Catholic Church, which judged young girls who got pregnant outside of wedlock, and if they didn't do that, they were shunned. So they felt they had to do it. You know and I know that people of that area, some did, some didn't. Some didn't have to do anyway. I heard of an interview the other morning where a woman got on and she said she was put into one of these homes. Mm -hmm. She didn't know who, like yourself, she didn't know who her mother was. Mm -hmm. And she did find out who her mother was. And her mother didn't want anything to do with her. That's right, yeah. Just more or less shunned her. 
Mm. Now, I'm sorry. These people have to be brought out into the, into, into the light as well. Like the government. Okay, well, okay, okay, well John, John, we're, not, we're, we're kind of going off the topic a bit, little bit, right? And I, I know why you're going off the topic, and that's fair enough. And no, I accept I'm just annoyed over your topic. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I, I, but don't be annoyed about debate, John. We have to have debate. No, no, no it's not debate. That it is, well, it is debate. I mean, we've t- I've, I'm speaking to three people on the air who were all Christians. So yeah. do you not think that's fair? That's more than fair now. Yeah, I've actually had four people, actually, the four callers I've had on tonight have all been Christians. They have been all Christian, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, then, so okay, well, well, hang on, let me get back to the actual on, debate. On, on, the actual question I've asked is, is it time now to remove the church or to separate the church and state? In other words, you know, communions, confirmations, uh, the Catholic ethos in teaching religion, uh, primarily Catholic religion in schools to children. You could teach religion through history, all right, and all religions uh, talk about religions. But teaching religion as this being the only true religion is a time all that stopped. Well, one of your, one of your callers there alluded to the fact that the churches has built these schools in this country. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, no. Now, I would agree that with the carry-on of the state today, yes, maybe they should move away from them. But at the end of the day, if the church built the schools, why should they hand the schools over to the state? Why should they? Okay, Paul, I I think you probably would agree with me in the sense that the church should have never been allowed to own so much land in this country. Absolutely, 100%. Most definitely. Because, um, I mean, once owning that amount of land, you know, takes away, I mean, there's a lot of poor people, a lot of in this land, there's a lot of people homeless in this land. That land could have been used for and other purposes. That's church's fault as well, is it? A, no, I'm not saying it was the church's fault. I'm saying they should never have been allowed to own that amount and of land. And why should they not have been allowed to own the land? Why? Well, because, because Christianity, Christianity is not about being rich. Christianity is about being, uh, what you would call, a humble. Really? And, Paul, as the, and you, Yeah, as the Apostle Paul said. And being a scapegoat as well by the No, as the, no John, as, or sorry, this is John, is it? It is John, yeah. John, yeah. Like John, John, as the Apostle Paul says, that uh, people who strive after riches... Uh, what you might call a shipwreck their own faith. Uh-huh. And people think that religion is, is, is being rich, which it's not. It's the complete opposite of it. Because uh-huh. having, having enough, a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food in your stomach, that, that's rich. That's what's important. If, not- we go, if we go back far enough in history, and I'll tell you this, both of you says now, the fact of the matter is the Catholic Church educated people in this country, not your government, I, not I, sure. no, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But now, the only thing I will say to you, John, there's a bit more. Well, well, hang on, John, with the greatest respect. And, and I'm not denying that the Catholic Church educated people. I'm not denying the Catholic Church looked after, looked after health care as well, by the way. And, and I only said to Ashling, we were talking about this before we come on the air and was having a bit of a smoke outside, and I said to Ashling, in fairness, you know, not that I agree with the ethos all the time, but when the church or the, the nuns ran the hospitals in this country, they did a damn fine job. But mind you, they wouldn't get away with the way they treated people and treated the staff. Don't You know, the hospitals were spotless because they had nurses on their hands and knees literally scrubbing the floors. Yeah, so, and, and they were run very well. They're very efficient because they, the nurses or the doctors or whoever it happened to be daren't do anything wrong because of the way they were run. They were like these matrons were running these hospitals, these uh, nuns and superiors or whatever you call them. They were, so it was run really well. Yeah. The HSE made a mess of healthcare in this country. but that's And, and I agree with that aspect of it, okay? Mm. It was just that when we talk about, for example... The majority of the population, John, you don't agree with it, voted for abortion in this country. No, we do not. Yeah, and that would no, have, that no would have never happened under church rule in a hospital. It would have never happened in this country. 
Yes, sorry, James. Just one small point now. I, I do agree with you about the hospitals. They're very well run, all right, when the nuns are running. But also, I, I'm quite happy enough with the report now that at least everybody, uh, the, the, the report says that everybody has to take their share. In other words, it's not it, taking it, their share. Ah, but James, James, how, how could you be happy with a, poor, a report, right, that suggested, for example, that there was no abuse? Or there was no, uh, there was no evidence of systematic abuse? Well, I would say this now, uh, and whether you agree with me or not, I am a person who believes 100%. Now, it's not popular anymore what I'm going to say now. And, uh, don't worry, it's not anything you have to worry about. But I believe in due process now, 100%. I don't believe in trial by allegation, trial by media, trial by social media. And unfortunately, we have moved into that very dangerous area now. I'm not even talking about this now, into trial by so- social media. People can be found guilty now with purely with allegations now. Oh, I would agree with you. Yeah. And I remember a couple of years ago, a very famous judge, now he wasn't a singer now, Barry White, you've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, judge I do Barry remember. Barry. I remember Judge Barry White, yes. Several years ago, five years ago, he said, we're moving into a very, very dangerous country with, with, with people being found guilty on social media with tr- on pure allegations. He said, this is a very, very dangerous country. And that's what I mean now. If, if, if there is a person in the church had cases to answer, let us put them in court now and let us see the evidence and let us then be tried, but not on allegations now. Okay, well, listen, lads, I've run out of time. Thanks, Niall. Yeah, Paul, Thanks. James, Thanks, John, Appreciate thank you very much indeed, and, and Anya and everybody else who got involved. Uh, somebody said, the church didn't build anything. The parishioners built them on their uh, and their schools. Um, another person says, as for married priests, yes, some of the apostles were married, uh, but they did not continue to have children post-beginning their ministry. Uh, they would have had uh, Josephite marriages after, is it Joseph? Is, it, is that right? Is that right? Uh, after their ministry began, i.e. they and their wives would have lived as brothers and sisters from that point on, says Tara. Jesus, Tara, that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Husbands and wives lived in this... And what are you saying? They didn't consummate the marriage. What? They didn't... So they didn't consummate the marriage. Is that what you're trying to say? But it doesn't make any... Well, one of them obviously clearly did because Paul, who I believe, who knows a lot about the Bible, did said that one of them had a son called Mark. So I do believe that. Hmm. And by the way, Maura says the Blessed Virgin's mother was called Anne and now we pray to her, her Saint Anne. Uh, the Bishop of Antioch, uh, long, long before Chris, uh, Constantine was born, referred to himself as both Roman and Catholic. Anyone with a reasonable knowledge of history knows that Constantine uh, create, uh, creating the Catholic Church is an ahistorical and demonstrable false, says Dara. Uh, OK, let me just go, if I can, to Anthony. Anthony, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anthony? How you doing, Niall? Uh, nice to talk to you, Anthony. I do vaguely remember talking to you. I, I, it was a long time ago now, maybe, when I spoke to you last, was it? Two years ago, two years ago, about the industrial schools. That's that's right, Anthony. You were born in St. Anne's Girls uh, Industrial School, actually, ironically enough, just to well, mention St. Anne. I was there from when I was 10, 10 weeks old until I was nearly 13, and then off to another home in England. I went through all that, but the issue with you what, that night, the question was, should people who went to the mother and baby homes be have a redress, get looked after. Yeah, that, oh, I, re- I remember that. Yeah, that was that, that's gone back a while ago when we said that. Yeah, well, yeah. Now, tonight, the lads are on there. It's the same crew, Al James and that, your man. I, I like them. They're all right. But mm. they, th- their Catholic church that they've seen in Ireland is not the Catholic church that me and you come from now. That's mm. the problem. It's like different branches of the military. Mm. So I get it. I understand people with their religion and their church and their holy schools and all. I get that. I absolutely get it. But they have no idea what was going on behind the walls, what me and you discussed. And that's where, Tume, how this all went on. Tume, Vespera, Dangan, Letterfrack. I can name thousands of them. I've got a list of them coming out of my arse now. There's loads of them. 
Mm-hmm. The whole point is that was a different branch of the same institute doing what it wanted to do to get the finances for them. They actually made a fortune in tune with selling the babies. The ones they couldn't sell, we know what happened to them. We're dealing with that at the moment, right? Yep. The woman that signed most of them debt certificates was called Bina Rabbit, or Bina Rabbit, yeah? I've seen her name on wills that were wrote to the Bonsacora nuns in the 60s, in the 50s, that had died in their old folks' homes or whatever. They'd looked out. Well, I think there's two of them still alive, isn't there? Two of them are still alive, as far as I know. Yeah, but, but this woman, who they looked down as a little bit special, we have to say, in these days, was signing wills, signing death certificates, because the rest of them couldn't use the names they had because they were all bogus names. So that was the only real person that was there, buying a rabbit. But the whole thing, was the end result was money, money, money. Sell the children, get the land off the people when they die, get donations, holier than thou, we're going to feed the world. That was grand. That's what the people on the street seen. But behind the walls, if you'd have been there longer than I'd have seen it, you were shipped off early. They got a good deal with you. Yeah. But I'm reading one there today. I'm reading one there today. The fees, they've called it fees now. What were you, £350? I think it was three, £300, yeah, yeah. The fees. I mean, the money, the absolute money that went through them systems. I told you, the Bon Secours, £12 in 1923. They were, yeah, they were, Seven, called, they were called administration fees, yeah. Yeah, 7.4 billion, billion euros in assets they own around the world, the Bon Secours nuns. And they give two and a half million two years ago to the government to help with whatever is supposed to come out of this. Well, James, James also mentioned as well they gave, they gave the hospital grounds to St. Vincent's there recently as well, which they did, in fairness. Uh, I, know it's, well, I know that's only a tip of the iceberg of what they own, to be honest. But however. The Mother Superior, the Mother Superior in Fisborough and the Bon Secure, uh, Hospital there, the private hospital, mm-hmm. they were, the government, Brown, Minister Brown was trying to buy that off them for the poor people of Dublin. She said, no, we won't have them riffraff in our hospital. Well I'm, not, I'm not, well, I'm not familiar with what she said or what she didn't say. But your experience, Anthony, obviously, is very different, as you said, to James's experience of religion or John's experience of religion or indeed Paul that was on earlier on or on you. Your experience was very different because of the life, the unfortunate that you have because you spent 13 years of your life there. Yeah, I, I told you, we were starving, we were bet from one end of the place and we were feckin' freezing. I told you. I and were they, when, 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 you, when you were beaten, when you say you were beaten, right, and, we, and I know I don't want to go to it all again, because it really yeah, no, upset, no, upsets no you as well, too. You know, and I don't upset you. But, but, I mean, were they all religious orders and all religious people that beat you, or were there lay people involved as well? The lay people was the sexual abuse. The actual violence was the clergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. And it, it, would be, it would be for nothing. You'd be queuing up to get your breakfast if it was any there. Any of your meals coming in from the yard, in behind the walls, blow the whistle. Same as your national schools, blow the whistle, stop, right, everybody into line, two by two, no running, no talking. This is the children's home we're talking about. It's more yeah. like cold it's. Yeah. And while you were going down the corridor, you'd be running the gauntlet to see who'd get the clatters. Somebody always got the clatters. And if it escalated, it would escalate. I was talking to a woman last night who actually took me out of the home for a couple of weekends when I was less than six months old. Now, she was in the home. She was a girl in the home. And she said she never went to the redress board, never went to the council, because the clatter she got, she said she deserved it. She felt she deserved it, yeah. That's, I mean, that's awful, isn't it, that people felt that bad about themselves and lacked so much self-confidence, or they had no self-confidence, that they felt they deserved what they got. 
nine, ten-year-old girls getting their heads slapped off the wall by the hair, being pulled by the hair, by nuns, mm. for not polishing the door handle enough. And that was a daily occurrence. Not a once a month. That was daily. But the see, but, here, but here's the thing, right? And I'm not defending the Catholic Church by any stretch. I'm the last person in the world to defend the Catholic Church. But when I went to, to national school, and these were lay teachers in national school, I went, it was a Christian brother secondary school I went to, you know, the, the, the school teacher that I had wouldn't think twice about boxing the head off you, hitting you with a ruler, the side of the ruler, and he had a steel ruler he used to hit you with on both hands to make sure that t- your two hands were sore. You know, hitch across the back, hitch across the back of the head, pull you by the hair or lift you by the lock uh, of your hair around the class to make a fool you by the ear. So, I mean, lay, th- there was this kind of, societal problem whereby adults in authority, be they priests or school teachers, felt pretty much they could do what they wanted. Bullies. Oh, Bullies. they were oh, absolute, complete and utter bastards, the whole lot of them. No, the and I, I rang my school teacher from, from primary school. I rang him going back about three years ago. We were talking about, you know, um, corporal punishment in schools and, and why they felt this way. And I rang him because I had his number because I had spoken to him some years previous. And he's still alive. And, and I rang him and I said, listen, would you like to come on the show? And he went, oh, no, I, I wouldn't like to do that. And I said, you know, I wanted to talk about why you felt it was okay to slap me across the head when I was nine years of age or eight years of age or why you felt it was okay to slap the rest of the lads in the class around the head or, you know, pull us by the hair or whatever it was you wanted to do to us at the time. And he said to me, I'm ashamed of it. And he said, I was ashamed of the way I behaved. And he said, but he said, it was the way things were. Can and I, I always say that? And is that, is that an excuse? Is that an excuse? viciousness, Niall. Some of them were vicious. Now, don't get me wrong. He didn't sexually abuse anybody, but he did physically abuse a lot of people in the class. Well, most of the kids in the class. Wow. But, but, that, was, but that was common practice. I'm not, I'm not just saying it was him. There was other teachers. Some were worse than others. In our school, for example, there was 15 teachers, maybe 16 teachers, right? Most of whom were male, by the way. And nowadays, most are female. Most of them were male. And we all knew, oh, Jesus, hope you don't end up in his class, he's a bollocks. Or if you didn't end up in his class, he was worse, sir. But they all, to some degree, would slap the head off you every now and again. With right. the exception of the odd few. No, and this is not a pissing competition, but at four o'clock, right, you went home to your mammy and daddy, whatever they bought, whatever they got you from, the, your, the, yeah. your parents. You went home. We had that 24 hours a day. No, I know, and, I know what you mean, yeah. And once the lights went out, Oh, Jesus, then it started. Once the lights went out. And when you say it would start when the lights would go out, what, what would happen? These are in the dormitories, yeah. Well, I told you, that it was all girls until I was about eight years of age, and then they brought in all the different families, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they got, they got the civilian staff. I think it was the mid-70s. They got all the civilian staff in, and the nuns, they sort of took a back seat, didn't, didn't bother with the day-to-day thing of, you know, running it. And these people, they'd sit at the end of these dormitories, like 10 beds, Three, three rows, 30 kids. They sit at the end of these dormitories, and it would be a nun. It was a nun at the start. It was always a nun. But then it was civilian night staff, the night men. And there was, they'd start creeping around, and not a lot of badness that I could see went on at that time. But then they sent us all over to Galway for a couple of weeks to another home in Salt Hill. When we got back, they partitioned all the rooms off and put four beds in each room and put up these big red velvet curtains that even in the summer, at half, half seven at night, it was pitch black. Mm-hmm. And all, all you could smell was alcohol. Stubble and alcohol. These fuckers used to creep around, seriously creep around at night time, picking the kids. I told you, we all started wetting the bed. We used to wet the bed. 
because they'd sit in the little chair next to your bed and they'd put their hand in. They'd realise, oh, this one's wet the bed. They'd move on to the next one. So that was, now, a, ta- that was, that was a kind of tactic to get them to stop. Well, yeah. there wasn't much else you could do about it, you know. Mm. But the, these lunatics that let them do this, and I think, you know what, I, I still think for years later that they all knew about it. Everybody knew about it. You know, well, aren't that isn't that worse when you think about the people who did this? There's no doubt about it. You know, they're they're as you rightly put it, they're head cases, and and they should be behind bars. But the ones who knew about it and who knew what they were doing and said nothing, they're equally as bad, aren't they? No, let me tell you this. Just give me this last minute. I went to a meeting one time ago. I was telling you in that group to home survivors, and this fella after it was a. Jeff, Dr. Jeffrey Channel turned up for this interview, finished a couple of hours, and at the end of it, I gave out to him. I said, look, you're talking about children that had rights. I said, we weren't children. We were a commodity. And this guy at the back stood up, and he said, uh, I'm an ex-guard. Now, I won't tell you his name. He said, I'm an ex-guard. He said, and I used to bring the children on the train from Dublin over the Galway to the Christian Brothers and off up to Donegal. He said, I'm embarrassed about it now, he said. Absolutely embarrassed that I was part of that. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, he says, but all the guards weren't bad. All the guards. And he gave me that speech. Now, I've no problem with the guards. It's not about the guards. He gave me that speech. And I said to him, I said, sir, you're telling me there's 14,000 of you and you all weren't bad. It only would have took one of you to say, stop this. But that was that was the whole problem when we talked about the Ryan report, the Murphy report, the Cloyne report and all the different reports into uh, clerical abuse. It wasn't so much about the priests who did it. Of course, that was all part of it. The priests who actually committed these atrocities against children. It was against those uh, like Cardinal Brady, for example, who took notes. He was a a note taker, is what he said, uh, for Brendan Smith, who was a complete and utter paedophile and the worst possible human being you could ever meet. Um, thankfully, the man is thankfully the man is dead. But in saying that, he said he was a note taker after he had abused a young boy. Now, if you were taking notes at an interview because they weren't being interviewed by the guards, these were like kangaroo courts they had, and you were taking notes, surely you would go to the police and say, "Listen, I've just witnessed a young boy, you know, whatever nine, ten years of age, tell me that a priest, you know, interfered with him or did something to him in a, of a sexual nature." Surely you would do that. But he said he didn't. He didn't do that. He didn't believe it was his place to do that because he was just a note taker. Right, last thing, Niall, what I just said there about the guards, I just said one of them, one of them could have changed this. And everybody goes, no, well, it wasn't their fault they were doing the job. But yet these same people turn around on your show an hour ago and go, the parents brought them there. Somebody sent them there. It, it was being preached from the parapet. Of course, yeah. Bad girls, bad women, shame them. And if you've helped them in any shape or form, woe betide you. That's what you're hearing off the priest. So we were indoctrinated into this madness absolute madness of being told that's a bad person shun them oh, jo- well Joan sent me in a text and she said the grammar oh, well, hang on she sent me in a text the grammar schools and all schools do talk uh, all religions and do not indoctrinate for Catholic belief only well I don't I, Joan I don't necessarily agree with you but that's fine you. that's your belief um, I believe that the majority of schools in this country are Catholic schools and indoctrinate the Catholic religion although the indoctrination wouldn't be a strict uh, a regime as it would have been many years ago with the catechism, uh, as we all remember. And no, I'm not afraid to read out your texts. Right, but not real, real, real quick answer to your question. Should the church and state separate? Absolutely. And whatever religion you are, whoever your God is, 
go in your own time. Do it as a private thing. It shouldn't be in your school time. It shouldn't be in your sports. It shouldn't be in any of that. It should be a private thing. Why is it forced down your throat day in and day out? Well, for us at our age, anyway, it was. Yeah, well, it certainly was. I, well, I think, thankfully, times are very different now, and Joan is right in that aspect of it. Uh, times, it's not, the indoctrination isn't the, the strict regime it used to be. It, well, in some schools it may be, but not all. Listen, right, Anthony, just, Anthony, Anthony I, I, I have to wrap that up, but listen, I wish you well, Anthony. Again, no, thanks very lovely, much, lovely talking to you again, Anthony, and I hope you're keeping well. Are you keeping well yourself? I'm grand, I'm grand, happy as can be. Good, get into us, get into this tune thing now and see where this leads us all, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, now, see you later, buddy. All right, bye-bye. see you then, bye-bye. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.